with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstrom, your host. The Notice podcast explores our need to be noticed through biblical musings and conversations with special guests. Experience relevant topics and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, do you find yourself in roles where you support others behind the scenes? Sometimes playing second fiddle can give us joy unmeasurable but often it can leave us feeling unnoticed. So join me for today's episode, where I talk with speaker, author, and three-time surrogate mother, Tiffany Jo Baker. We discuss the different supporting roles God has placed her in, the rewards and challenges of being behind the scenes, and how, through it all, God still takes notice. Well, Tiffany Jo Baker is indeed a go-getter and loves to help other go-getters. She does this as a personal coach and strategizer, helping women, couples, entrepreneurs, and ministry leaders fuel and fulfill their faith journeys. She has also brought joy into other lives as a three-time surrogate mother. With a degree in counseling and life as a wife and mother, she is a ministry leader, speaker, host of the podcast, All the Things TV, and author of the devotional, Soul Care for Goal-Getters. I can personally attest that Tiffany is a blessing beyond measure because her simple and effective strategies to help others, including mine, care for their souls and help fulfill their dreams. So Tiffany, thank you for being a guest on The Notice. Oh, Susan, I am just so excited and blessed to, to be here and get to chat with you. This morning when I got up, I get to spend time with Tiffany. Yay! Yay! So it's a good day when you get to spend time with Tiffany. You know, I was thinking about this subject, and as someone like you who supports go-getters, I'm sure you have lots of stories of people who are working on their dreams, and they perhaps struggle to get noticed especially with this crazy social media world. Um, it seems our current culture really doesn't support the concept of being behind the scenes. Steph Curry, basketball player, said, I try to make it look easy, but the behind the scenes stuff is the challenge. Uh, Stephen Furtick, a pastor said, the reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. And then of course, famous D.L. Moody said, there are many of us that are willing to do great things for the Lord, but few of us are willing to do little things. So in your many roles, you're a person behind the scenes, lifting others up, helping others, but you were a surrogate mother. And that's just one of the ways you've done that. I know our listeners wanna learn a little bit of how you decided to become a surrogate and what that was like for you. So let's just jump off there. It's such a God story because Susan, I never expected, like I didn't grow up thinking about having children or being pregnant or family life. I was one of those people who wanted to be a businesswoman and wanted to lead corporations. And I don't know, maybe become the first female president. And when God revealed to me that he wanted me to do this, it was a shock. And this is how it happened. 
Um, we had one daughter who was about a year old and she was in preschool with me. I was a preschool director at the time. So I bring her with me to preschool and I came in that morning to talk to my staff who are also my friends and fellow teachers and share that we found out that morning that we were pregnant with our second. And in that circle of friends, I looked at from across that circle a friend as I was sharing our joyous news of being pregnant with our second. And I saw the look of pain and joy flash across mm. her face all at the same time. And right then in that moment, God told me two things. One, I've given you a gift. And two, she was dealing with infertility. Mm. And that's really how it sparked, how God planted a seed of the gift of pregnancy. And I thought to myself, I would do that. I would carry for somebody else. And back then, I didn't even know like the word, what surrogacy was or being a surrogate. That was probably, oh golly. 2004. So it just really took me on kind of like a journey of learning about it, of seeking the Lord for his timing, um, talking to my husband. And, you know, when we took the leap and it was time, right? Because the, the second best thing to knowing what you're supposed to do is knowing the timing of what you're supposed mm, to do. Good point. So when we knew it was time was right for our family, I found a Christian surrogate agency here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And back then it was like bring up the application, you know, like 25 pages long, all the histories, sharing uh, bios and stuff. And, and I printed out, fill it out, I put it in the mailbox. And not even 24 hours later, I got a call from the agency director. And I was driving, I had just left the preschool, which was our church, we were youth pastors at the time, and driving, had my big sunglasses on, driving in Texas, and she said, we, I have a couple that has been looking for two years for a surrogate like you. Mm. And I just kind of went into this ugly cry under my sunglasses while I was driving, because in that moment, God spoke to my heart again. And he said, if you help to make the dreams of other people come true, I will help your dreams come through. Mm. And uh, let me tell you, five surrogate babies later, two sets of twins and a single, three wow. families, it has been an adventure with the Lord. And so amazing. Wow. So two sets of twins, huh? Two sets of twins. Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Scratch beyond what you think it can. <laughs> wow. Two sets of twins. Wow. What was it like? Did you, were you able to see once the baby was born that the baby being put into the mother's arms? So because of twins, I had to do a C-section. It was just the best, in the best interest of all, all the parties involved. And so um, we were so blessed to be able to have the parents in with us, as well as my husband in with us. And then because of twins, two sets of pediatric care. So, I mean, it was a full room, you know, and it was just really neat because I was still on the table strapped down, but, the, but each family would bring the babies over to me to see, and they would go out with, with the parents. My husband would stay with me, and then we would each have rooms in the hospitals and be able to go back and forth throughout our stay there. So it was you know, I think of one moment in particular, you know, how back in the day, pre-COVID, you could actually um, have photographers come in and there was actually like a photographer that would be in the hospital 
and they would try to sell you, right? If you didn't have your own. And, and I remember this was with, with the first family. They wheeled in the cart, the TV with VCR. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is how old I am. They wheeled in the cart to show the pictures. And mom was holding one of the twins. Dad was holding one of the twins. And I was behind them. And they were viewing this reel of the, the infant pictures. And the photographer had put it to music. And it was powerful. And then on the screen starts coming like words like, we have prayed for you and scriptures and all about just the gift of life and these babies. And I just, again, went into tears quietly, um, just seeing the moment of that family holding their babies and seeing God's faithfulness um, to deliver the, the miracles. But you wouldn't have done that had you not done it. Right, <laughs> you've been able yes. to see that. Yeah, you not gone through all that yeah. too. Yeah. What a what a powerful story. You know, I know I love when you said if you help, you said that God said if you help to make the dreams of others come true, I will make your dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Did your dreams change when you did something like that? You know, in that moment, I was hyped because I was like, God's gonna make my dreams come true because I'm a big dreamer, always have been. And that was my, my, in, when I got that word, I would, that's what I was like kind of holding on to. But since then I've been pursuing and holding on to the, the first part of it. If you help to make the other, the dreams of others come true. And so it's kind of been like a real just shift in, I think it's been a maturity. I think it's also been um, really neat to see that really when, as I'm focused on helping others, the stuff that God's put on my heart since I was young is happening, but that hasn't been my focus. But, so, but aren't those your true desires? It really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. That's where the fulfillment comes from. Um, that's where the purpose comes from. And you know what? I'd have to say it's made me be super thankful that I am out of the way. Like I, it's not all about me, which I've never been, even though I'm a go-getter, I've never been one that's like, Hey, look at me. (laughs) Like I like to be, I can do it. I can lead. I can be out there. But my preference is to be behind the scenes as well. So Mm -hmm. it's been really neat to see those, those two sides of it and just God's way. So much yeah, better. I know. I know for myself, I I served in a lot of behind the scenes kinds of roles. I was, um, of course, I'm a performer, a music performer, but I also was a behind the scenes person. I was a producer, and so I would get together other and I would support other artists and and activities they were doing and getting together all the needs they had for a performance. And I remember distinctly one one of the biggest joys of my life was sitting back, looking at what was happening on stage, and say. And just quietly between God and I, it was a moment where I said, God, you help me do this. This wouldn't have happened without you and me doing this together. And there was some kind of like satisfaction that no one else saw. It was like a special moment between God and I. Now this wasn't, you know, I obviously wasn't a surrogate, but it was still the same sense of, wow, God, look what you did and look what you did in me. And that changed my desires. It changed my desire of how to serve. And so, you know, what has God taught you about being a behind the scenes person? Oh, goodness. So much humbleness. 
<laughs> for sure. Um, he's taught me faithfulness. He's taught me patience. Lord have mercy. Patience, you mm -hmm. know, because when, when I think even just seeing the greatness in the people I work with and like wanting to help them just do it all, but being just kind and gentle and patient with them as they're in their process as God is with me in my process. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's been really neat. I think that it's really, like you said, just changed my, my complete heart's desire. Just really help other people fulfill. And through this process, which is really neat, is that, you know, after delivering baby five, I was like, okay, God, are you coming back now? Like, is the rapture happening? Am I done? <laughs> are you going to, you know, am I coming oh, up now? I was like, what's next? Like, I really, I don't know if it was baby blues or if it was like purpose blues, because for so long I had, had really been focused on pregnancy and delivery and walking with the families. And I was like, okay, am I done? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so it was such a fulfilling part of my life. And God was so faithful to kind of share with me the thread throughout this service and really connect the dots for me on how he's always used me. And in the kingdom of God, some people are hands, some people are feet, right? Because it takes all of us. We're all in a position of service. Some of us serve with their hands, some with our feet, some with our mind, some with their heart. And through this process, God told me that he made me to be a womb. W-O-M-B, a womb in the kingdom of God. And mm -hmm. that my role in serving the kingdom of God is to be a dream carrier and a life giver and to speak life and to bring life and to help people do and birth the God-given dreams and desires that he's put on their heart to do. So that was really a full circle moment, like the thread. And I, I can see that throughout my life before being a surrogate, since being a surrogate, how he used me in the body of of Christ and in, in, in his kingdom to serve his people. That's awesome. You know, it reminds me of the verse, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I always struggle with that as yourself part. Like, what does that all mean? But I think it's a very complex meaning to it because it has many applications. And I think one of these applications that just dawns on me as you talk is that when you do for others, God does something for you but it's always something just a little bit different, isn't it? Oh, so true. So true. His ways are so much higher than all our ways, you know. A good thing. <laughs> it's a great thing. It's an adventure. I mean, a faith journey is an adventure. It is not boring, that's for sure. So after you were a surrogate, you transitioned into a lot of other roles. Tell us about that transition. Like, how did you get into the different things that you're doing now? Yeah, well, I had always been, well, for a while, a life coach and loved coaching people. Um, I had a master's in counseling, but I always loved the coaching aspect more than, than the counseling role. And so I knew once I was done being a surrogate, the Lord just kind of let me to, to stop working and to just finish out the pregnancy. And he just, he just spoke to my spirit and said um, that something new was going to be coming. And so the fall after the last delivery, um, I have always had a, a desire to write and to, I've always spoke. And that was a moment when God just kind of released me to pursue speaking and writing and coaching from a different level. And so I actually started to pursue doing that with, with couples dealing with infertility because I had always been in that 
for a long time, 10 years in that community, the trying to conceive support community. And so I started there and, and it just grew. And God was like, you know, yes, you work with, with families, but there's also other dreams that need to be birthed that I want to use you. And so I got trained in and learned all the things about online social media and working with writers and speakers and podcasters and and those who are ministry business leaders and have been working in that since 2016. Well, one of the things I just, I love about what you do is there's a spirit of belief that dreams can come true, but also like, it's sort of like, you can do this girl. And how are we going to make it that happen? And what ways can we make that happen? And that's, I think a lot of us need that kind of encouragement and spirit. And, you know, sometimes we get caught up in just kind of getting confused with service and, and what's our role. And especially with our media, social media and, and all that, we're just like constantly wanting attention. And, and it's almost like all of us are just struggling to be a celebrity. You know, I'm writing this book called A Firm Grasp and, and it comes out later this spring. And, you know, one of the chapters in it is called The Master, which is actually the last chapter, believe it or not, but I discuss service and how everything turns into be about serving God. And I, I talk about service in four distinct areas. One, I say, by shedding our idols, we make ourselves available to serve in secret with love. And I, I emphasize that because when we shed our idols of whether it's idols of needing affirmation or or needing to be seen or or whatever those idols could be in our lives then we're in a, we're in a position to serve and then god says it doesn't matter where you serve it can be in secret and sometimes those secret moments are the the most special moments and of course with love what do you think about that do you do you find that in your own life and working with some of the people that you work with oh a hundred percent I love David and the Bible, you know, where he was just super faithful, where he was at tending. It says he was tending his father's flock. And in those moments, he learned how to deal with threats, how to deal with, you know, the animals that would come against the sheep. And, and it said he tended his, his father's flock. And that, when I looked up the word tend, it said to serve and to care give. And then later God transitioned him to attend Saul, right? Remember when Saul would get disturbed and would have issues and, and struggled with some mental illness. And then David was brought in to play his harp, to attend to Saul. And there was a period of time where it says in the Bible that David would go back and forth from the pasture to the palace, he would tend the flock and attend to Saul. And so I think it's just, it's such a beautiful example of how David just was obedient where he was at to serve who God gave him, which at the beginning was sheep. Mm -hmm. And God's like, God, remember, says God looked at David's heart and appointed him and anointed him later to be king. Well, I love the journey of David from serving from the pasture to the palace. And I think I've seen that play out in my life. I've seen that play out in my client's life where it's, it's, it just starts with those acts of obedience to be faithful right where you are. And like the parable of the talents, when we use the little God has given us 
he multiplies it and gives us more to serve and to steward. That's awesome. It reminds me too, is that along the way, he equips you. He's whatever you're doing now might equip you for the next thing. I have seen that so much in, in my own journey is that he's equipping me now for next. So now that I know that he does that, like if I'm in a certain season, it's kind of not my favorite season. <laughs> um, I keep thinking, okay, he's equipping me. He's equipping me for whatever's next. This is preparing me for whatever's next. And I really believe our God does that. But you know, there's a lot of us out there and I'm sure there's listeners out there, Tiffany, who struggle they are doing service and it's not so much that they want the kudos or awards or anything like that, but they want to be recognized. You know, Stephen Furtick, I love this quote that I want to get your opinion on that he said, he said, Stephen Furtick said, pastor of Elevation Church from one of his sermons, he says, there is no worse feeling than that of invisibility. You know, when you are doing your very best and it goes unrecognized, it makes it kind of hard to want to keep doing it. And when you feel unseen, especially by the people whose attention and approval you crave the most, it can create a compulsion in your life to start doing things that are not even really consistent with your character, just to receive from people a confirmation that can be taken away just as easily as it was given. But we are not citizens of this kingdom, which celebrates and complements all the things that are seen. We are citizens of a kingdom where Jesus says things like, when you do something in secret, your father sees it, and he will reward you according to what he sees. So my message is, if you have felt unappreciated, uncelebrated, unnoticed, and insignificant in this kingdom, what is unseen is often what is most significant. Felt like that was a very powerful statement, and I even included it in my book because of that. But what are your thoughts about that? Oh, so powerful. There's so much in there. Uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick is so good. I love what he, he says. I think that's the, the struggle with people who have been given a dream or desire. Because we see that, that vision, that end goal, but the gap between where we want to go and where we're at is so daunting. It can be so distracting and disappointing. And I think that's where the enemy of our soul can really mess a lot of us up mm -hmm. because it's like, it, he, it's that negative self talk. And it's those lies that, that Satan say to us, like, you're never going to get there. Look where you're at, or look what you did, or nobody sees you. I think those are um, just tactics of the enemy to, to distract us, to detour us, and to ultimately throw us off from a God dream that God has and the desire and how God uses us in the kingdom. And that's why I think the faithfulness, if you, if you look at all the stories of, of, of how God's used people over the years in today's time and biblical times, it's always a journey. It's never like an, uh, uh, an amazing moment. There's always things that pre, um, predetermine and happen pre-manifestation of, of the great things. I like it's what it, people have said is like, you don't know the price that people have paid to get to where people are. Mm -hmm. We have all had to pay a price and it's all done behind the scenes and in secret. And I think what's significant is when you keep doing it and you keep doing it without the recognition. And that's what faithfulness is. 
Mm. And that's why mm, God calls good, us good. to faithfulness. That's why God is faithful. And we can trust him to be faithful as we are faithful to keep going and to not stop. That's good. That's good. So what would you say to a listener out there who is struggling to find joy in the role God has her in or him in? I would say find your joy. Uh, joy is so underrated. I think it's a dynamic duo to your faith. So if you have faith, we've seen those Christians in, a, in the fight who have lost their joy and don't have it. And they're like, oh, I'm just believing the Lord. But when you add joy to your faith, it's not like the world gives. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And so when you can add joy to faith, it's a dynamic duo that cannot be stopped. I like to say joy is the cup of coffee to your daily to-do list. <laughs> it's that thing that will keep you going. And again, I remember back to when Satan first tried to steal my joy and first tried to steal my smile. And I think that we've been robbed of the joy of the Lord because it's so powerful when you combine joy and faith. What, what, what does it look like to live a life of joy? Because I always think of, like we were even talking about earlier, is like when there's certain things that you do and your face lights up like a Christmas tree, like you know somebody's living in joy when, you, you know, that look they have on their face, like this is what I was meant to do and I feel comfortable and everything's good. Is that what it looks like or what do you, what do you think? I think for me, it's like, it's also a, just a lightheartedness in that I don't control a lot. At the end of the day, I can be faithful with where I'm at now, but I, I think joy comes out of just an overwhelming trust of God when we're in the hills and valleys. Um, I think the world has even created another branch of psychology called positive psychology because they realize that happiness is something that most people lack and struggle with. But as believers, we know that the joy of the Lord is something so much deeper than just being happy with life circumstances. It's an underlining um, trust. It's a, the Bible is full. I forget. It's like 400 sometimes of the word rejoice and joy words throughout the Bible. And some of that, it's, it's um, acting your way into a feeling before you can really start to just um, exude the joy of the Lord and keep going. I like that you said acting your way into it. Sometimes I kind of think the same word for that might be obedience. Because ah. sometimes when we obey, we don't want to. We don't feel yep. like it. So we've yep. got to say, oh, I'm going to obey because God told me to yep. do this. And I know there's been lots of things in my life where God has said, no, I want you to do this. And I'm like, no. Too, and I fight it, you know, but I'm also have to make a decision for joy too. I have to decide that I'm going to whoever's in front of me, whatever I'm doing. Um, I, I mean, I think back to, you know, our original quote at the beginning with Steph Curry, you know, about behind the scenes. I'm sure he's been in front of a basketball shooting hoops on and on and on and on for a long time to make sure he can get some accuracy. There's a lot of behind the scenes work that isn't glamorous that we don't think is as, yeah, just not as glamorous. What I've learned too is that Jesus said in uh, John 13, seven, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. 
And I keep thinking, as I look back, I can, I can think of, oh, now that's what was going on. But I can't always do it when I'm in the moment. So I'm just hopeful that that encourages some listeners out there. So Tiffany, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thank you for your, your service to all these people who, are, who need it. And is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before we get off the air here? I would just say God loves you and has so much goodness that he wants to just pour out through you and in you and to you. And you are never alone in your journey, whether you're right now you're in the hill or on the valley, God is with you. So listeners, if you are struggling today and wondering what that beep was all about, <laughs> please just know that the Lord is taking notice. See, he's taking notice. So thanks again, Tiffany, for being here. the host. Today's question comes from Sarah in Ohio. Sarah asks, I'm a creative person and always have some kind of project I'm working on. What happens is I become so busy, I feel like my life is out of balance and I don't seem to notice God. Should I let go of doing this project so I can create more balance in my life? Sarah, well, that's a tough one. English author Neil Gaiman said, the world always seems brighter when you've just made something that wasn't there before. Even HDTV home renovation shows encourage us to be in project mode. We love to create because we love to see the before and after. Let's face it, we love redemption. So Sarah, I'm glad you like to create, but I'm also glad you recognize your feelings for more balance in your life. I truly believe as part of our humanity, we need to listen to our feelings. Feelings are the barometer to tell us what is going on with us internally. Although we can't always trust our feelings, we can trust they are trying to tell us something. So feeling like something is out of balance in your life probably means something is. I would answer your question by asking a few more questions. Are you currently in the middle of some kind of transition? You know, like moving, having to learn a new tech program at work, or recently becoming an empty nester? Transitions alter our sense of balance. So if you are in a transition, perhaps creating projects may give you a sense of control over some aspect of your life. If you're not in transition, what draws you to these projects? God is creative and loves to see us be creative. But if these projects are consuming your life, it's helpful to be self-aware enough to understand the why behind doing projects. Perhaps being creative gives you joy or you're just blessing others with your project. Maybe you're avoiding something or someone you don't want to deal with, or maybe you like to create so others will notice your accomplishments. Whatever you and God determine is your why will help you make wiser decisions about the future. But make no mistake about it, Sarah. God is creative, so being creative can definitely honor God. Romans 12:6 reminds us, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So go ahead. Don't hide your creativity under a bushel. I'd also be sure that you're including God in your project. Ask him for direction. Pray for ideas and how to balance your need to do projects with other responsibilities. You might want to catch a previous episode I did about creativity with singer-songwriter Justin Reed. We had a great conversation about how being creative can be an act of worship towards God. So give that a listen. 
And listeners, if you have a question for me, feel free to email your question to susan at susankhoekster.com. I'm also available for one-on-one discipleship sessions. You can find out more information regarding that on my website at susankhoekster.com. As always, I'd love to continue our conversation. Until next time, take notes.